Hey rich girls, Kirby here, and I have a question for you today. Have you ever wondered how people are able to live off of their dividends and interest? Commonly referred to as the 4% rule, this idea states that if you have a bucket of investments, typically retirement savings, and you only withdraw the dividends and interest each year, then your investments will theoretically never run out. And if your investments never run out, then you have created an infinite source of income. But is it too good to be true? This is Rich Girl's Guide, where we demystify the world of personal finance to help you create a financially successful and fulfilling life. I'm your host, Kirby Delacano, and I worked in wealth management for over six years before leaving the office to focus on my business and my family. This idea of withdrawing a percentage of your account value actually came about in the 90s and was introduced by financial advisor William Bengen. He looked at historical returns based on a 60-40 model, a portfolio of investments that was 60% equity and 40% fixed income. The issue here is that the 50-year period he was looking at from 1926 to 1976 had fairly high bond rates that helped him come up with this 4% withdrawal figure. What if instead of using historical returns and looking at past results, we instead break down what withdrawing 4% of our investments actually looks like? Let's go based off of the common rule of thumb, withdrawing 4% of your portfolio every year. If you have 50,000 in annual expenses, then you would need a nest egg of $1,250,000. You can easily figure this out by dividing your annual expenses, $50,000, by the percentage of your withdrawal, 0.04, to get the total investments needed. So now you can easily plug in your numbers, if you anticipate your annual expenses to be closer to 75,000 and you only want to withdraw 3% each year, just divide 75,000 by 0.03 to get the total investments needed, $2,500,000. People tend to like this method because it is easy to calculate and easy to use in real life. You're typically going to spend roughly the same amount year over year, so withdrawing the same or similar amounts tend to make the most sense. The downside here is that if you make less than a 4% return on average, or whichever withdrawal rate you are utilizing, then you are going to deplete your overall investments over time. The other method is the true dividend and interest method. And while this is not the most popular method, this will virtually guarantee that you will never deplete your investments, at least not by withdrawing too much of your investments. This method dictates that you can only withdraw dividends and interest from your account. You cannot touch the bucket of investments within the account. Let's use a really basic example to illustrate the difference between these two methods. Let's say you invest $100 into a mutual fund and you buy five shares at $20 each. Over the next year, the mutual fund pays out $2 in dividends and the mutual fund has grown in value from $20 a share to $25 a share. That means your account value now totals $127. $125 worth of mutual funds and $2 in dividends. If we are utilizing this dividends and interest strategy, we are only going to withdraw $2 from the account. 
The next year in that same account, we are starting with $125, just the mutual fund value. Over the course of the year, the mutual fund actually drops in value to $18 a share, and we get the same amount in dividends, $2. As an aside, dividends are calculated by the number of shares you own, not the value of the shares. So unless the mutual fund company changes their dividend rate, how much they pay out per share you own, or your number of shares change, the dollar amount in dividends that you will receive is going to remain the same. So now we have an account worth $92, $90 worth of mutual funds and $2 in dividends. Since we are utilizing the true dividends and interest method, we still get to withdraw $2 in dividends, leaving us with $90, five shares of that same mutual fund we started with. In theory, we can keep doing this year over year, keeping our five shares indefinitely and only withdrawing the dividends. In this case, the value of the mutual funds do not matter. As long as they do not go to zero, and as long as the mutual fund company continues to pay out dividends, their value is pretty much a moot point. Now, what if we instead use the 4% method? In this case, the value of the mutual fund will be very important. Let's use the same example as before. We purchased the five shares of a mutual fund at $20 a share, and our first year we made $2 in dividends. The share price rose to $25 a share, so our total account value is $127. However, we are going to withdraw 4% of our account value, $127 times 0.04, which equals $5.08. Now we only have $2 in cash from our dividends, which means we will need to sell part of a share to come up with the remaining $3.08. Divide the amount needed, $3.08 by the share price, $25, and we will get 0.1232. That means going into the next year, we will have less than five shares of our mutual fund, 4.8768 shares to be exact. Starting off the year at the same value, $25 a share, that means our total account value totals $121.92. We will only receive $1.95 in dividends, Remember, we have less shares and dividends are calculated by the number of shares. And our mutual fund drops in value to $18 a share. So our total account value at the end of the year totals $89.73. If we withdraw 4%, 0.04 times 89.73, we are able to withdraw $3.59. Since we only received $1.95 in cash dividends, we will need to sell some more of our mutual fund in order to make up the difference. And I think you can clearly see how slowly over time your investments will dwindle away. Just to drag you all through a little bit of my thought process and how my brain works, I immediately jumped over to lottery winners and millionaires who end up going broke. I find this subject absolutely fascinating. Like the fact that some people can come from nothing, make not a ton of money throughout their life and die with a decent sized estate while other people can be handed a trust fund or a winning lottery ticket and they end up filing for bankruptcy is just mind boggling. To me, it all comes back to habits. It does not matter how much you have or how much you make. If you outspend your money, you will end up with nothing left. It's as easy as that. The good news here is that you can always change your money habits. Start spending below your means, get another job or a better paying job to increase your income, 
cut up that credit card if you have to. I'll link my Rich Girl 101 playlist that has my favorite episodes regarding money habits, just in case you wanna reevaluate how your habits could be impacting your bottom line. I am super curious to hear your thoughts on the 4% rule and on people outspending their money. Drop your comments below and feel free to ask any questions. I'll have a brand new episode out on Monday. Till then, have a wonderful weekend. Later, rich girls.